Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we talk true freshmen that will contribute for the Sooners in 2023, Harbaugh's suspension. We preview a few week zero games and we give you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, August 23rd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of August, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this early Wednesday afternoon and something just blew up in your neighborhood. What? Yeah. So I pulled up to the house, you know, we, we, we had a, a time set to do the podcast. I pull up to the house and plenty of time to go in and get ready and a bunch of neighbors standing out in the road. I rolled the window down. They heard an explosion and all of the power is out in the neighborhood. So uh i'm i'm playing a, a forced road game here forced that, road game that is that's not what you're looking for but hey if the, if we have any audio or video issues just know hey there was an explosion in teddy's neighborhood so if it gets choppy at all at any point we're sorry we're making the best of a, of a bad situation here yeah i'm I apologize in advance if we have any issues. So yeah, but hey, we're uh we're connected ish and we're ready to roll. All right, let's talk some OU football then. And you know, school has started. Uh, the team, while there's still competition going on for spots uh, when it comes to the depth chart, and you're not quite in full game mode yet, right? Like they'll be next week. 
Ted, I do feel like we've got a pretty good understanding of who the main contributors are going to be for this football team. A lot of names that fans are familiar with, right? But one of the more interesting topics heading in the season is who who are the who are the new names that are going to be contributors, especially when you look at the true freshmen on this team. Remember, a fantastic 2023 recruiting class for Brent Venables and this staff. And and there are going to be several guys from that recruiting class that are going to contribute right away. So what do you say we dive into the names of the true freshmen that the fans need to know? I like it. Yeah, I that that class so far is going to have some really good representation, it looks like, out there on the field. So, yeah, let's do it. So this discussion, and let's go defense first and then we'll go offense, but this in, this entire discussion starts with one name, in my opinion. And it's Josiah Wagner. I bet a lot of people thought I was going to say Peyton Bowen right there. But I yeah. think when you look at a guy, a true freshman, that has a very real chance to run out there first against Arkansas State, I mean, I really feel like it's Wagner and Kendall Dolby for that other corner spot opposite of Woody Washington. At least that's what I've seen when I've been out of practice. And the staff raves about Wagner's mentality, his physical ability, his physicality, right? When it comes to getting off blocks, being a willing tackler, right? In the run fit. I mean, they love this kid. So he's been extremely press impressive going back to spring practice, right? When he was an early enrollee. So I am, I, I think, I think Josiah Wagner is where the conversation starts when it, when it pertains to true freshmen that are going to, contribute to this football team this season nope I, I totally agree um and it says a lot about him to be able to step right in and it, it you, if you think back to spring as an early arrival true freshman in spring practice we're like three practices in and he's already rotating with the ones like it, it this isn't something that came on late or there was an injury in front of him and he got to get some reps and has played himself into a, a spot. No, I, right out of the gate, they said, um, that kid is going to play for us. So, yeah, and I think that's good. And, you know, he's he's been a little bit banged up here and there and has, <laughs> you know, has the mentality to essentially force his way back on the field despite everyone else telling him he needs to stay out which I think is a really good sign that he's just got a different mentality. And, you know, corner's one of those spots where if you can handle it physically, the mental workload, I'm not suggesting it's easy, but it's not nearly as difficult as safety or as backer. You know, you're playing a handful of different techniques. You're man-to-man -man with inside or outside leverage. You're a flat player you're a deep third player or you're a quarters player. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's probably boiling it down a little bit too, too much. But, you know, the point is you're not nearly as in, in ingrained with the core where all of the adjustment happens. So he's got it physically. And like he said, willing tackler, he's a physical kid. I'm excited about him a lot. And that competition is going to be good there. Um, you know, still fighting and scrapping for some depth, but 
it, it's a good sign that he's been able to uh, to play the way he has and fight for a starting job. Yeah, and when you see him out on the field, first of all, 23 is just an awesome number for a corner. Just a fantastic number. Huge fan. But he doesn't look like a freshman. right? I, I mean, he looks like he belongs physically. Now, is he going to develop and get bigger and stronger? Of course he is, right? Guy is only in his first season, right? He's only had one offseason with Jerry Schmidt, but when you go out there and see him, you don't go, Oh yeah, that, that, that obviously is the true freshman. That's just not how it looks to me at least. No, I totally agree. He's got, uh, um, he's got like narrow hips and like really wide shoulders and long arms. I he's mean, kind he's, of shaped like a piece got, of pizza. Yeah. Like it's just yeah, like yeah, a triangle. <laughs> that's a good way to, to uh to characterize it yeah he, and he's going to grow into that and he's going to get i would assume continue to get bigger faster stronger and continue to develop his technique but who would have thought a corner all the way out in Washington state is going to come in and perhaps grab a starting role for the Sooners it's it's impressive yeah it's a i think it speaks to you know, Jay Valai and Brent Venables, this entire defensive staff's ability to evaluate players. I mean, the fact that this is a guy that could be starting week one is is pretty impressive. All right. Next guy, Peyton Bowen. Uh, this is a guy that a lot of OU fans are already familiar with, right? The the drama of his recruitment, right? The last second flip, and then for him to sign with the Sooners, but He's a five-star for a reason, man. He is extremely talented. Uh, now, been working at all kinds of different positions. Back there in the secondary, they want him to have a complete understanding of what's going on in the back end of that defense. Venables has raved about his football IQ, his ability to communicate out there on the field. Really just need to get him some game experience. Right. And when you look at that entire safety room, I, I think it's I think it's fair to say he's by far the most physically gifted guy. Right now, the only other guy in the conversation, I do you want to characterize Justin Harrington as a nickel, as a safety, right? Harrington has some some serious physical gifts as well. But when you talk about size, speed, the instincts, the IQ, I mean Peyton Bowen is a guy that you know, we may look up halfway through the season and so uh, say, okay, yeah, he's he's now starting at one of those safety spots. He's just he's an extremely gifted athlete. Yeah, and you know, just talking about just uh, Wagner a moment ago, you know, corner is one of the spots. I typically say corner, uh, defensive liner, edge, uh, wide receiver, running back. Like those are the typical positions where you could see true freshmen come in and thrive right away because it's more about if you could do it physically, there's maybe less thinking at some of those spots than there are others. Safety is typically not one of those. Uh, there's a lot of really good athletes that come in, but they just can't get the adjustments, the movement, all the different things that you have to do. The fact that he's not not just doing it at safety, but playing some of the the nickel position, some of the dime position, they're moving him around. He's got an advanced knowledge of the game, which, you know, I hear that thrown out all of the time with freshmen 
coming in really understands the game. Yeah, right. We'll see. Um, with him, it's it's been the case. Super smart. He's picked it up really quickly. He's athletically gifted, as you pointed out. And the fact that he's going to rotate in, and it's not like they don't have some good experience there. And, I mean, we talk about Bowman. Uh, Pearson's played a ton of football. Key Lawrence has played a ton of football. I mean, they've got some good depth at that position. So the fact that he's ready enough to be able to mix right in with that crew says a lot about him. Yeah. And I view view his situation and PJ's situation kind of similarly. Going into the SEC next year, you want you want those type of guys, right, that you just know are more physically gifted than the other guys you have on the roster, right? You need to get those guys some game reps, right? You don't want next season to be the first time when they're getting meaningful snaps, right? And the staff knows that, right? They recognize how talented a couple of these true freshmen are. And it's just, dude, it's going to be really interesting to see how they, how they balance all of that right? Playing to win games this year, but also looking towards the future, knowing that some of these guys are going to be cornerstones of the program on both sides of the ball. That, that is really going to be interesting to see how they balance that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, I like I said, don't forget, forget about guys like Robert Spears Jennings, who they really like, but he's been limited. And he may be able to bounce back in at some point in the season and get some time. But it it is crucial that – I mean, it's kind of the same argument with Jackson Arnold, right? You hope that there's some opportunity to get him some legitimate reps in in some situations that, you know, the game maybe isn't totally decided just to get him some opportunities to where last year – or next year he's not marching onto the field with his first reps coming against SEC opponents. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it is, it's going to be interesting, but I expect to see those guys on the field quite a bit. And, you know, we mentioned PJ. Do we have any clarification? Are we going at a bar? Are we going at a Bawara? We've, we've received two different pronunciations during his time. Do we have a final pronunciation or we just wait until week one, and what Toby Rowland tells us it is. I I fully intend to bring that up at our uh, preseason radio meeting and see what uh, the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, goes with. That's what – there's safety following T. Rowe, right? Yes. You're usually good if you follow what T. Rowe does. So that decision then, because our radio dinner is tonight. Man, the season's yeah. almost here. The radio dinner is tonight. We will have a final pronunciation for you guys after Toby Rowland gives us what he's going to use. So that decision will be made tonight. But, hey, you look at PJ. We've talked a lot about him on here. I I feel like every time I go out to practice, he looks better and bigger. <laughs> like it's – I don't know. I don't know if, if he's playing tricks on my mind or what, but it just looks like he is – he's really improving at a rapid rate. And I expect to see a ton of him in the non-conference games. And I, I definitely think he's going to be a guy throughout the season that you bring in, in obvious passing situations, right? You let him run some of those twist games. You let him just go one-on-one with tackles and use his length and use his physical gifts. Now, he's a guy, when I look at him, like, we need that guy to be a starter next year. 
right? He was a five-star, yeah. all-world recruit, like those types of guys. You need to get on the field as true freshmen, and you need to have them being starters in their second year at the very least, right? But I think the best development is playing real meaningful snaps in games, right? There is nothing you can do in the weight room, on the practice field, anywhere that will get you more prepared for a bigger role next year than playing snaps. And I, I just, you got to get them on the field. That's the way I see. You got to find ways to get them on the field each and every game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. And, you know, not just definitely with with PJ, I totally agree, but all of the young guys, because when you I I really like our defensive line rotation this year, but we're losing damn near all of them. Right. There's going to be an exodus of seniors that are gone after this season. And we're heading into a conference that we talk about all the time is a line of scrimmage conference. So the more guys that you can have prepared that are going to be back next year, the better. And you need your five stars playing like five stars whenever that time rolls around. Peyton Bowen, Adabare, you want those guys somewhat seasoned by the time they're starting against the big boys. Yeah. Okay, a couple other names on the defensive side of the ball that have been popping up lately when it pertains to true freshmen that – that'll be out there on the field. We've been hearing a lot of good things about Jacoby Johnson lately, right? His size, his athleticism, right? A guy I could see really contributing significantly on special teams. You know, there's there's the depth in the secondary, but if he continues to show the improvement throughout the season that he's shown throughout training camp, you, know, you never know, Ted, and something similar could be said about Macari Vickers. Same thing. Great size for the position. Seems like they're really pleased with his development throughout camp. What, what do you think about J- Jacoby Johnson and Macari Vickers and what type of role they can have in the season? Well, you got two big athletes uh, with really good length that can run. There's always a place for those guys uh, as long as they can come along with the mental aspect of it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, because neither one of these guys were an early arrival, right? Um, so they've had a lot thrown on them. As you get into the regular season and you start to get into game prep, at times it can maybe lean out a little bit and you, you're not kind of overwhelmed with everything. Uh, so hopefully they can their role can be a little bit more defined and they can pick up, like, I think it's just the mental aspect. They've got it physically. Um, and we'll see. Like, I hope we play good enough early on to where you get guys like this opportunities to get out there and play. And I think we will. I think we will. I think they're, they're athletic enough to be able to go out and and make some plays out there on the field. And I like Jacoby Johnson a lot. I think he's got a really, really high ceiling. I wasn't sure. I mean, I'd heard a bunch of good things and I'd seen some, some 
high school tape. I wasn't sure. He's carried a lot of that over to what I've seen so far as a freshman, and that's not easy to do. Yeah. And I, Vickers was in early, wasn't he? Am I crazy? Wasn't he an early enrollee? Maybe we, he was. Yeah, because we talked about him during, you know, when we were going out to spring practice and watching. He was definitely in, in January. Yeah, but that's right. It, so he he's had a little bit of a jump start, right? And learning the system. But the size is what stands out about the two guys, right? You see Jacoby Johnson out yeah. there and you're like, well, yeah, that's what you want your defensive backs to look like. And Vickers is what, all the six one, probably over 200 pounds already. I mean, the guys look the part. So I, I like what you say about like, hey, if you can do it physically, right? You, you got to kind of find ways to find them snaps throughout the season, right? Now right. you you yep. can't go out there and bust mentally, right? That's that's the quickest way to find yourself on the bench as a freshman. But these are guys, when you look at Johnson and Vickers, these are guys that definitely look the part physically when you step out there and see them on the field with way more experienced guys, yep. right? So that's, I, I I don't know if that's half the battle, but it's certainly a large part of it. Yeah, and you know, the good thing about the early non-conference slate, especially the one that we have this year, is it should remain pretty basic in, in what we do. I, I would imagine we go into most of those games with, a leaner game plan defensively than we will against Texas or, you know, some of the other offenses that we may see throughout the, the season as, as number one, like you don't have a full book on what these teams are going to be right away. So you, you just naturally have to be a little trimmed up yourself. And as the season rolls on and you know what people do and where their weaknesses are, your, your game plan can grow. So it's good to get those guys out there early whenever you still have a lot of camp rule, calls that are that'll be in the defense yeah all right shift into the offensive side of the ball conversation starts with Jacquez Petaway uh the physical ability has really impressed the physical build is a really is really the thing that jumped out to me right during training camp I think we all knew right following his recruitment that the vertical speed was there but he's really impressed me with some of the stuff he's done after the catch with the ball in his hands and his elusiveness in some of those situations. I, there's just no doubt for me that he's going to be part of this wide receiver rotation during the season. And man, you start looking at some of the things he's already doing in training camp and you have to, you have to start considering that that guy could be your most dynamic playmaker moving forward. Right with some of the things that he's yeah. shown. Now they've got some other young wide receivers, right? In Gibson and Anderson, they feel really, really good about. Right, Gavin Freeman, they feel great about. But Petaway, I mean, there's just there's just no doubt he has come in and really impressed. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I feel like it's it's been a while since we've had a truly dangerous player after the catch at wide receiver. CD was incredibly dangerous after the catch. Uh, obviously, Hollywood was dangerous after the catch. I feel like Mims was more of a, you know, kind of a deep ball guy. And if he caught it, you know, that's, he's going to run away from some people. But 
I don't remember a whole lot of opportunities where he caught it short and took it long. I feel like that's one of the things that's been missing out of our offense, but that's what you feel like with, with Pedway, that, that he could be that type of guy, catch a bubble or a slant, make a couple of guys miss and be off to the races. And I'm with you. Has has a more solid frame than I anticipated. I thought he was going to be a really slight type of, of skinnier player that's got great speed. He's got a he's got a more physical frame to him. So I'm with you. I think, you know, if if he can stay clean, catch the football, have ball security, and do what he does with his athleticism, he's going to get plenty of opportunities. Yeah. That's that's a tremendous point when it comes to and we talked about this a lot last season, right? The lack of the short and intermediate passing game. Well, maybe you're more willing to draw some of that stuff up, throw some of those routes. If you know you got a guy like Petaway that can catch and go do something with it, right? He's got a little wiggle yeah. after the catch. And that's what's impressed me. Like his ability to stop and start. I, I did not know that he had that, but he certainly showed it throughout training camp. So, I, I would be very surprised if Levy doesn't come up with some of these things to just get the ball in his hands, right? And yeah. and let him and go sure do what he does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, a lot of excitement around him. Next guy on offense, Caleb Hicks. Now, you've got Barnes. You've got Marcus Major. You've got Tommy Walker. You've got Sawchuck if he can get healthy. you got a lot of guys in, in the backfield right, that that are going to get touches. But he looks good. And with how – this is something I was thinking about, Ted. With how running backs are viewed these days, I don't see any reason why, if you've got a guy that can do it physically like Hicks can, right, if you can trust to put him out on the field, I don't see any reason why you redshirt a guy at the running back position that you think can play and can contribute. I mean, how many running backs are going to stick around for five seasons? Uh, I mean, guys aren't going to do that. Yeah. Right. So you're looking at with how that position is trended at the next level. And I think Caleb Hicks is a guy that can go play in the NFL, just watching him the short amount of time that I've watched him. All right. He's got the build. It looks like he's got the ability. A guy like that's not going to stick around for five seasons, right? So he's gifted. He looks the part. I just don't know with how deep they are at that position, like how many carries, touches, even snaps like he's going to get. But I do think he's a guy that deserves to be in this conversation about freshmen that are going to contribute because he he's really impressed you and I would we've been out there and seen him. Yeah, he looks great. He's he's physical. Like he's he's all around. He's got everything. He's he's got explosive speed. He's got great moves in the open field. He's shifty, but between the tackles, he's compact. He runs low. He delivers uh, you know, runs behind his pads, delivers a shot, physical on, on guys coming to tackle him. He's got everything. But you know, th- you're right. It is a it is a very packed backfield right now but here's the here's the reality of the situation barnes is coming off of an injury right um Salchuk was hardly available all last season and has already missed time in training camp 
Marcus Major, we don't even need to get into that. Everyone already knows, right? So you're going to have to have guys ready. So you never know what's going to happen. There's going to be some attrition throughout the season. That's just how it goes. So to have some of these younger guys ready, like I think Caleb Hicks looks really good. I would also say that I think Smothers looks really good too. So, I mean, I imagine they're going to continue to bring those guys along, even though we appear to be deep at the running back spot. It doesn't take a whole lot for us to all of a sudden not be deep at all, to be incredibly thin. So it wouldn't shock me at all to see, you know, Hicks, Smothers get some carries early on in the non-conference. You know what you're going to get out of Tawi, right? And I think they'd rather have, you know, Hicks and Smothers carrying the rock in the second half of a non-conference game than they would Tawi. Because I think Tawi's a guy that's going to be um, a massive contributor for this football team moving forward. So there should be good, ample opportunity for those guys to get carries. Yeah. And, you know, with the lack of depth that tied in, right, could we see Lebby go with some more two back sets, right? Where there's multiple running backs. You've got this depth, you've got this talent you feel great about. You know, at, at what point do you say, hey, we got to get as many of our playmakers on the field that we trust, right? That are solid when it comes to their assignment and knowing their responsibilities. Like, how do we get as many of these guys on the field as possible, right? And then get them the ball in space, right? So that I, I don't know if that's something that they're going to do more of, right? We didn't see, I don't even know if we saw any of it last year, hardly any of it, any of it, but it's just something that with the depth they've got a running back, like, will we see them get a couple backs on the field? We've seen that in the past right here at Oklahoma. When you got two really, really good backs or you got a deep stable that yep. you get in some of that stuff. I just I, I don't know if that's something they're thinking about. We'll we'll see. That 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 may be stuff that, you know, is game plan week to week and stuff they want to save for conference play. Well, I know this. I the H back or like a utility blocker, however you want to call it, like what we had with Braden Willis last year. We don't have that right now. No. All right. You know, we're developing some of the younger tight ends, and hopefully they can come in, like turn into that, but we don't have it right now. And that's where the majority of your creativity comes from as an offensive coordinator is whenever you can move that piece around. Uh, you can take them across the formation in the running game. You can take them across the formation in the running game and build play action off of that. Uh, you can insert in different spots on the offensive line to create an extra gap, uh, you know, if you want to run ISO type of stuff. Um, there's so much you can do there. That and it, it's, it's also the way that you screw with people personnel-wise. Like when you've got a guy like, like a Braden Willis that, okay, is he going to be lined up as a fullback? Or is he going to be split out in the slot as a wide receiver? You could really mess with defenses. We don't have that. And it hampers our creativity on the offensive side. I think the, the next best way to be able to, to kind of create that situation is by having two tailbacks out there. Uh, and typically you'd have a bigger back and a, and a smaller back 
like to me, a couple of big backs isn't bad either because you don't want the the defense keying on one or the other that blocks a little bit more. So they've got to find a way to be able to get that movement, the play action, and a little bit of chaos in the running game for defenses. No, I I'm totally with you, man. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what Levy and that offensive staff come up with, right? Because bottom line, you got to get your playmakers on the field, right? And, and maybe you experience, uh, you experiment with some of that stuff in the three non-conference games and find a couple combinations you like. But yeah, it may have to just get a little creative when it comes to the personnel groupings. All right, two more names for true freshmen here on the offensive side of the ball. You got to mention Jackson Arnold, right? You and I both, we've seen him do some really, really impressive things in training camp. He's had some incredible stretches, right? Carving up the first-team defense with his ability to push the ball down the field and extend plays with his mobility. I mean, he's he's shown some flashes of, you know, being a, you know, having elite traits at the position. And I keep coming back to this. He's going to be the guy next year. We all know it. You have to start getting him ready now. Now, Dylan Gabriel is the starter. This is not something where we are trying to say, hey, you know, put Dylan Gabriel on the bench. That is, that is not this conversation. But there's just, there's just no debating that Arnold needs some meaningful snaps this year, and they need to accelerate his development. And the fastest way to accelerate his development is to put him on the field on game day, right, to where he can feel the pressure the stress of those environments and those situations, and he has to handle all of it because that's what playing quarterback at Oklahoma is, right? It, it's all the X's and O's and all that stuff and making plays, but it's also handling being the guy, right? Being one of the faces, one of the most famous people in the state. Like, that all comes with it, and I just I, – I feel, I feel adamant that, like, he needs to feel some of that this season. Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I I don't know. I haven't I haven't asked this question or or pinned anyone down, but I think that if it if it were me, I would I would be telling Jackson Arnold, you're going in today, or you know I wouldn't do it on Saturday. I'd be on Monday. We're gonna play you this week, and. We're not going to play in the fourth quarter of a blowout. You're going to, we're going to give you some drives. And I leave it like that. And I may put him in in the second quarter. I may put him in in the first quarter on the second drive. I, I, I want some stress around his situation. I don't want him to just come in whenever we're up five touchdowns and the other team has probably pulled their starters as well. When you get to go up out there and just, you know, light it up against air, essentially, like that's not what I want. I want to create some stress for him, and I don't know that they'll do that, but I hope they do. I hope they also have some type of specific package for him, whether it's a a, a handful of plays in short yardage, or or goal line, or whatever it is. I hope they have some some things built in because 
they need him locked in on game day. And I know he will be. I'm not suggesting that he's going to be over there coasting, but we've said this on here a bunch. When you know you're going in the game, you prepare differently. No doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And, yeah, I think that is – that's something that a lot of OU fans are going to keep a close eye on, right, to start this season. Uh, last guy on the offense, Caden Green. Now, every time I've been out to practice, he's been playing tackle, left tackle. It's what he played all spring, right? Uh, because Rouse was out with the shoulder. He got all the first-team reps at left tackle. From from what I've seen, there's really no indication of him kicking down inside if they needed him in there. Now, I'm sure he's capable of doing it, but it seems like they see him as a tackle right now. And Jacob Sexton, uh, I believe, is probably still a few weeks away from being fully cleared and, and being in that rotation, right, where they're comfortable throwing him out there on the field. So I think Caden Green, think he's got to get a lot of snaps at left tackle in the non-conference games, right? And I'm excited to see how he responds, especially if you get some big leads, right? You're going to want to get Rouse out of the game, right? Because you feel, you know, you're, you feel really good about where he's at right now. And, and you want to, you want to preserve him, right? As much as you can before conference play, especially this, it's not the most rigorous non-conference slate ever, although SMU is a better football team than a lot of people realize. But I just Dangerous. think I think we're gonna see we're gonna see Caden Green play a lot of snaps, especially early in the season. And if a guy goes down, maybe he is the first guy in the game at either tackle, but especially at left tackle. So we'll see. But yeah, we're we're gonna see the big freshman out there early in the season. There's just no doubt in my mind. Yeah, they've, I mean, and I think he's performed really well. Yeah. You know, given what they, they've thrown at him, seems like he's done really well. He's got, he's got really good size, got good athleticism, and he, he seems to just put his head down to work. Um, yeah, I, again, going to a line of scrimmage conference next year, and you look at our offensive line, there's a chance that we lose four out of five of our offensive linemen to the NFL, right? So we're going to have to continue to uh, develop the younger guys and get them some time out there and, you know, see how they perform and, you know, and continue to develop that depth. Yeah. All right, let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys what true freshman you are most excited to see on the field this season. The majority of them were Peyton Bowen and P.J., responses okay but i picked a couple that i thought were interesting this one comes from andy hoover he says jacques petaway he is at a position that a freshman can and has an ou history made big impacts early especially with his speed that's something we touched on right and wide receiver is one of the those positions you said that for a long time ted mm -hmm. yeah He's wearing the same number. Let's see if he can go get uh, what Marvin Mims. Did he break the record, freshman, true freshman record, or did he tie it? Was it seven touchdowns? In the yeah, season, I think he broke it. like that. Did he broke break it, it or tie so, it? I don't know. He, there you go. There's the number. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see if uh, Petaway yeah. can get there. Right. He he looks good. I know we've said that a lot, but he does. He, he looks good. This other one comes from 
Father Will Banowski. How about that? He says, Caden mm. Green, we just need absolute dudes on the O-line, and we need depth. If he can develop early, it might push some first-team guys to up their game. I like I like where Father Will's head is at, right? It's yeah. it's so true. You got to have that development along the offensive line. And Caden Green is definitely one of these guys that Beatonbow looks at and goes, Yeah, he is he's gonna be a three-year, if he sticks around for four years, like type starter in the program. Like he's he's got that level of talent. Still need to see a little more nastiness, you know, dial up the mean streak just a little bit. But I mean, he's more he's more than capable physically already. So yeah, I I agree, Father Will. Tremendous point. What do you think? Uh, not to sidetrack here, you don't have to spend hard very much time on it. But what do you think the chances of Kane Green possibly playing inside are this year? Only injury. Yeah, I, I would think just because I haven't I haven't seen any of it. They've yeah. been and, and when you think about moving forward, what's what's most important for the program? Right now you've got you feel pretty good about Sexton and what he's gonna be as a tackle. You know, I, I think when you look at some of the other young guys. Right, there's an interesting conversation. Uh, I know they've been pretty impressed with Ozida, but you know, is he more of a guard? You look at you look at a guy like Howland, right? Who needs he just needs to gain some weight. He needs to develop, but I, I think he's he moves really well. But you know, tackles the premium position, man. If if you feel that Caden Green yeah. is a tackle, then you develop him at that position. And you have him. You get him snaps there. Now, if you get into a bad situation, yeah, I'm with you, right? You got to do what you got to do. And maybe you got to bump him inside if you trust him more than some of these other guys you have working in at guard. But I think they view him as the future left tackle in the program, so they're going to develop him accordingly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I like that. I got no problem with that. Yeah. All right, birthday shout-outs. Happy fourth birthday to Maverick Mellencamp. Happy sixth birthday to Oliver Hansen. And happy 27th birthday to Jake Rainbolt. All right, let's uh let's talk a little Harbaugh suspension and some week zero games. There's games this week. Let's go. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route, their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Amore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com, 
Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Well, then head to the garage, just like I did last night. Ate dinner there. Delicious bison burger. My goodness. You can get some hand-smashed patties, butter, toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, National College Football Roundup. Michigan has self-imposed a three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh to start the season. Reminder, Michigan had thought they'd come to an agreement on a four-game suspension to start this season with the NCAA, but the NCAA Committee of Infractions said, nope, we, uh, we don't accept that. So the only way I can interpret this, Ted, is that Michigan is making a peace offering to the NCAA, right? Because when the Committee on Infractions said, nope, we don't accept that, that can only be interpreted as, as they wanted the suspension to be longer than four games for Harbaugh. So this is Michigan saying, hey, please take it easy on him. I just don't trust the NCAA at all. I don't know why Michigan trusts him. Now, maybe there's been some behind, behind closed-door conversations, but NCAA doesn't have much power anymore, man. And this is their opportunity to flex some muscle Right. I just, I don't know why Michigan is trusting them. I don't get it. I really don't. I, I don't either. You, you absolutely cannot trust the NCAA at all. We know that. We've seen that. You can go along with everything that they ask you to do, and they will absolutely hammer you. And then you can disagree with them the entire way and they will let you off the hook like there is no consistency across the board at all with how the treatment takes place this whole situation is weird i i you know i i guess it's hard i don't even have a full understanding of what the the infraction is and uh, it's enough to where jim harbaugh in the in the beginning was scoffing at the notion that the, even an infraction had taken place so I don't know. I mean, if if he does the three game suspension, self imposed, and they try and drop the hammer next year after they look at this thing, I I have a feeling either Michigan or Harbaugh or both are going to flip the double birds to the NCAA in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I I would anticipate. Now, if the NCA still tries to hammer him, that there's going to be some type of some type of substantial lawsuit, right? And mm-hmm. that ultimately the lawyers will win <laughs> in all of this billable hours, baby. But you know, when you look at the effect this has on Michigan this season, not not much of one, right? Now he gets to do everything. Harbaugh gets to do everything during his suspension, except for coach on game day against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. So it really isn't like he doesn't have to be away from the facility. He just can't be coaching on game day. So that's not even much of a suspension to me. Like in the NFL, if you're suspended, you can't be around, right? Like you can't show up. Well, I thought I I read that he can't be anywhere 
on campus. Is that not true? He no, can be, I, from he what I read, stuff. from what I read, he can like do everything except for on Saturdays. Right. Now, maybe. Well, I was just wondering because, like, recruiting and stuff like those, like that would be the biggest thing is if he's missing out on those game day recruiting trips, uh, for for players they're taking uh, official visits for games, because like really he could take the five game suspension. I think like they've got the three cupcakes, and then I think they've got Rutgers and Indiana's like their first five games, isn't it? Yeah, and I. I just – I don't know if it's going to have any effect on Michigan. One thing I think it may do is – and I would not be surprised if Harbaugh frames it this way at all. Like, hey, pe- people are out to get us, boys. Like, almost like galvanize the team, yep. right? Bring them to it like, hey, we, we've tasted some success these last couple years. Now people are out to get us. We get We got the target on our back. They're coming after me. And I, I don't know how that would play in the locker room, but hey, coaches will use whatever they can use to brainwash their kids, right? I mean, that's just how it works. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's no it's no secret to anyone, guys. Come on, guys. We beat Ohio State two years in a row, and what do you know? Uh, a, a, a hamburger pops up, right? And they're trying to take your coach away. That's how things go. Yeah, he'll use it. He'll use his motivation. Yeah, now, and not to get too far into the future, but if the NCAA decides it's five games or more, right, you would assume they would count the three games, right, of this self-imposed suspension this year. They've got Texas in week two next season. I mean, it would be, it would be so on brand for the NCAA to make the biggest non-conference game in the sport next year about them, right? About them suspending Jim Harbaugh and not allow us to just focus on how much fun of a football game that is going to be. That would be so on brand. I cannot wait. It's going to be the NCAA. I know, I know they're going to do it already. They're going to do it and it's going to be miserable because I'm going to have to talk about that instead of talking about the matchup and it's going to be exhausting. Yeah, it it would be on brand for the NCAA to suspend Harbaugh for that game because he did something maybe outside of a of a time frame. But you know, Arch Manning's probably going to start that game, and Texas told everyone that they spent what like four hundred thousand dollars on his recruiting weekend and that yeah. what it was some crazy some huge number like that and the old hamburger purchase is nope not around here buddy can't do it yeah that uh i know it's gonna come and i'm already dreading it that's gonna be an exhausting <laughs> lead up to that game but i will say the self-imposed suspension for michigan here it, it does make me think harbaugh's sticking around michigan for a long time now right because you know when when this all came about it was oh will they tell the NCA to get lost and you know that it'll all come down next year and Harbaugh will be on to the NFL it seems like them getting what they hope is a piece of this suspension out of the way now is them trying to break it up over two seasons because they fully anticipate Harbaugh being 
the head coach at Michigan next season. At least that's, I may be reaching with that interpretation, but that's kind of how I see it, Ted. Yeah. And that may be the case. You know, it, it's also interesting to, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall there during some of the board meetings with the athletic director, because it, it's been documented that pretty much everywhere Harbaugh has gone, he's been a pain in the ass for people to deal with. Right? The the front office, like whatever, it's like whatever he's gone, everyone's like, thank you. <laughs> so I wonder if there's, which, you know, they obviously want to keep him, but I just wonder like what the feeling is. Like, had he been... I up front are they mad that he wasn't like he was so defiant in the very beginning could this whole thing have been handled very easily and without much damage had he handled it differently from the beginning that's what I, I want to know yeah would anyone other than Jim Harbaugh be getting this suspension <laughs> right right yes. just because just because he is the way he is right yeah, that is uh that's a good way of looking at it but yeah, we'll we'll see if this has any effect this season uh, for the Wolverines. But yeah, an interesting decision from the leadership there at Michigan. All right, we've got games this weekend, man. I know it. We've got games week zero. A couple, a couple that are sort of interesting. Let's start here. Navy versus number thirteen Notre Dame in Dublin. Notre Dame currently a twenty and a half point favorite. Now, remember last year, Navy gave the Irish a scare. Man, what was that, a three-point game? And who knows? Maybe the old Golden Domers will enjoy the Dublin nightlife a little too much throughout the week, and this thing could be a little interesting. You never know. But looking at that game, I think the most most interesting thing is how is Sam Hartman going to look at quarterback for them? Right, he was in He was in such a unique system at Wake. I'm just, I'm interested to see what he looks like. And I will say, that is one handsome dude, man. I don't know if you saw all the pictures going around Twitter of him in the in the Notre Dame practice jersey. He's got the beard going. He is, that is, that is one marketable guy that Notre Dame has at quarterback right now. Well, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do offensively. I, you know, I kind of expect the same Notre Dame that we typically see, right? Solid defensively, uh, good on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, but tend to struggle with explosive offensive plays. Um, I maybe I, I think having Hartman there at quarterback, depending on what he brings, he might be one of the better options that they've had at quarterback in a while, right? Yeah. For for an explosive offense. They've they've been they've been pretty limited at quarterback. You know, they've had some they've had a couple of guys, but it's been a long time since Notre Dame had what what you would consider to be an elite quarterback. And I don't know necessarily that Hartman fits that, but he might. And that's what they're gonna have to need. If they really want to go compete on the big stage, they have to be better at quarterback than they've been. Yeah, and I think I think they feel pretty good about their wide receiver core being a little more explosive this season. But the question is, if Hartman does play, let's say at a 
elite college level, what does that do for that group? Like how can he elevate them, right? And help them along. And have they had a guy like that recently? I I don't know, but that's why I, I'm interested in watching the game. You know, Navy's defense gave them a lot of trouble a season ago, right? With some of the pressure that they were bringing and, you know, some of the issues Notre Dame had with that pressure. But new look for Navy, new head coach, right? Ken Niamatololo's out. Brian Newberry, who was the defensive coordinator, right, has been promoted to head coach. So you got a new guy calling the shots at Navy. Uh, I've been reading about some of the offense that they're uh, they're planning on running. I guess it's not just – there's going to be a, a big piece that is the traditional under center, run the triple, right, like they have in the past. But sounds like they're going to get in the shotgun a little more. They're going to change some formations up. The, the passing game, the passing attack has been expanded. So I typically hate watching a triple option team. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fully transparent, but I am pretty interested to see how different it looks offensively for Navy, and I I think Marcus Freeman and that Notre Dame staff they're they're gonna have to do some guessing as to what it's gonna look like. So I I think that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, it is. You know, whenever you run you play an option team early in the year, I feel like it's a big help. Than having it buried in the in the regular season somewhere because it's so different the way you have to defend them compared to everything else. Like almost every other offense in the country these days is the same. I they may specialize on a couple of different things, but everyone generally runs pretty much the same stuff now, except for triple option teams. So there's no carryover week to week to defending them. But if you get them early in the season, you should you know, because you can sprinkle all of that in throughout training camp to get some work on it. So by the time game week rolls around, it's not something new and totally foreign to you. Should be pretty locked in for it. One thing to watch in that game, right? And you're only going to get this type of hard-hitting analysis on the Oklahoma breakdown. Keep an eye on the grass. Just keep an eye on the grass. Keep an eye on footing in that game. Played in the London game, and I know that London's not in Ireland, but been to Dublin as well. Uh, been been out there on the field in Croke Park, believe it or not, before. It's um, shit. It's it's not American grass, man. I'm just saying it, it chews up easy. What is, is it? I don't is have the fast, grass though? knowledge you have. I don't have the grass knowledge you have. I I don't know. I'm not educated on the grasses. They don't have the fancy grass that OU's got. I know that. It it tears up like yeah. you're, there's a lot of slipping going on. Yeah, I'm just wondering, right? Because if you're playing an option team at home, like if they were playing at Notre Dame, they'd have that damn fescue or whatever that playing surface is like up around your ankles whenever you're trying to run around on it. I feel like that's probably mowed really low, like a like a soccer pitch. I would guess, but I. I don't know, but you're yeah. right. It, they typically, we see it get chewed up quite a bit over there. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how the pitch at Aviva stadium holds up there in Dublin. Uh, just keep an eye on <laughs> it. That's all I'm saying. All right. One more game in week zero that, that is interesting. It's going to be a blowout, but San Jose state travels to take on number six USC 
Uh, the Trojans are a 31-point favorite currently. Now, we're not going to learn much about USC in this game, right? But Caleb Williams is going to be back on the field with all those offensive weapons, uh, including Dorian Singer. Remember, transferred over from Arizona. Got a couple transfer linemen that uh, seem to be like they're going to be starters for him. So we'll see how those no, new pieces look offensively. But, Ted, all the focus is going to be on the defense, right? That's right. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, because – they've made it a point to live in the, in the transfer portal. And, you know, a lot of it is out of necessity. Uh, you know, I think another part of it is like just, just choice, but they've done well. They've gotten some good players there. Let's see if they can, if they can pull it all together. Um, you know, they, they got the transfer from, from Georgia, Bear Alexander. Uh, from what I've heard, whenever he turns it on and he shows up, there's flashes of, of being a really good player, but, how often can you get him to turn it on? I think is going to be the question there. I'll tell you what I'm most excited about. I was talking to Odom, the linebacker coach out there. He's starting a true freshman tack at Curtis at Mike linebacker. And I'm just, uh, this kid is an absolute killer. Um, you know, he's going to be a true freshman out there. So there'll be, he'll be a little bit lost. But I guarantee he will light someone up out there. He's going to be a tremendous player, and I'm kind of I'm curious to see how he looks as a true freshman out there getting the start. I'm sure that's pretty rare at USC. I mean they've they've had some incredible linebackers come through that that program. So anxious to see kind of what he does. Yeah, we I can already tell you've got if you're looking at your freshman crush around the country. I think Tackett Curtis is your guy. Well, he has been all for like a year and a half or maybe even further back whenever I saw his high school highlights. I could not believe what I was witnessing. It should have been illegal. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. It's yeah. crazy. No, he does. It, it's a heck of a highlight tape. But you, know, you mentioned all the transfers, right? Bear, Bear Alexander, uh, Keon Bars, Anthony Lucas, Jamil Muhammad. Like their defensive front. They got transfers everywhere, so we'll see how it comes together. And just be real, when you think about coordinators that are under pressure, right, under the most pressure in college football this season, Alex Grinch is high on that list. Uh, I mean, there, I, I just don't think there's any denying that. And you probably got, you know, Brian Ferentz at Iowa's up there as well. But, yeah, Grinch is – he's under the microscope this season. There's no doubt about it. So we'll see. we'll see how that defense looks against San Jose state, but yeah, we'll all be watching, right? It's really the only, I mean, they're the best team playing this weekend. I, I know a lot of people that yeah. listen to this podcast feel a certain way about USC, but I think we'll all, uh, I'll take a glance at that game, right? As long as you can locate the PAC 12 network on whatever your cable provider is. Oh, I don't man. even know if I have it. I didn't even, I, I know I have it, but I don't even think about that. Good luck finding the game. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, 
participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica compares coverage offerings and pricing in order to a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Insurica's goal is to help you avoid a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and control your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? I had to go with my man, Baker Mayfield. Named as the starter for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's he's stepping in there to uh, replace the great Tom Brady. Beat out Kyle Trask. Um, Apparently has looked really efficient. Kind of taking that role, taking that job and run with it. Locker room seems to really like the guy. I've heard, you know, some of the defensive players talking about him and supporting him. Um, you know, we, we talked about this kind of kind of feels like his it's maybe his last chance as a uh, a starter in the NFL. Um, if he can if he could take it out, take or go out there, run with it, get some wins. It's a winnable division, right? It's a winnable division. Um I guess you'd say Carr in New Orleans is the best quarterback in the division, but Baker's got some nice pieces to work with. As long as the offensive line can keep him uh, upright, healthy, to where he's not scrambling for his life, I think that they can uh, they can do some nice things. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, it really, when you think about why Baker went to Tampa Bay, right, and maybe he ended up taking less money from them than somewhere else, he wanted the chance to start. So beats out Trask's, beats out Trask, and now he's starting. He's got the chance, right, to go prove the type of player that he is. And really at this point in his career, what else can you ask for? He's got some good weapons as well, yep. right? I mean, you really can't ask for anything more than the opportunity he's he's earned here. And, you know, with, some of the reports about some of his money missing, right? And that whole ordeal and and all and the lawsuit and whatever's going on with that whole thing, right? It's it's probably very important to him to go out and play at a high level and get a big ass deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pulling for him. Um he's he's still uh, a very I don't know, call him polarizing if you want. I feel like he is think he's done a really good job of kind of changing his image a little bit um i mean i think he still gets hit with that even though he's not really doing or saying anything i think it's just he's carried it a little bit but not nearly as much as when he first entered the league but he's still fun to watch and i know Suter fans love watching him so the fact that he's going to be starting on sunday is going to be great yeah and i've said this a lot i'll continue to say it the NFL is more fun when Baker Mayfield's playing. Just this. Yeah. Right. There's I agree. 
Uh, I mean, you mentioned he's polarizing, you know, when he's playing, there's, there's just more people talking about the NFL. Right. And it's, it's fun to watch. He is, he understands the entertainment aspect of being an NFL quarterback as well. And just fun. The NFL is more fun when Baker Mayfield is on the field. So I was, I was fired up to see that he won the job. And I think I speak for nearly everyone that, that listens to this podcast. Like we hope he goes out there and kills it and signs up fat new contract, right? That's the hope. That's the totally dream, baby. Agree. Come on. Yep. All right. Yep. Who do you have as your make loser? it, make it a difficult decision for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no um, I, <laughs> for a loser, I always got to take as many chances as, as I can to fire a shot at Texas. Um, and this is a, a way to kind of kill two birds with one stone. Call Texas a loser and talk about how good B. John Robinson is doing in the NFL right now. If they gave away uh, Offensive Player of the Year uh, before the season, I think it, it'd go to B. John Robinson. They are loving what he's doing down in Atlanta. Uh, it looks like he's going to have an awesome year, as expected. He's the all-around, uh, like the perfect build for for this era of running back in the NFL. Could do a little bit of everything and do it all uh, outstanding. And I got to tell you, I of all the 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 people that are jumping all over the Texas bandwagon, I don't know if any of them watched Texas last year and realized how different Texas was with Bijan in the game and without Bijan in the game. It's a totally different football team. And I don't know. I remain pessimistic or whatever you want, however you want to label it with Texas. I don't think they're going to be able to replace them at all. And their running game is going to struggle. Yeah. The question becomes, and I think they feel pretty good about the running back depth, especially, you know, CJ Baxter is a, you know, all world freshman that they, they're excited about, and they got a couple other guys, but they don't have Bijan back there. And it, the question is, how many, how many mistakes did he clean up? Right? How many things went unnoticed just because he was as special as he is? Right? I, I saw what was that like a twelve-yard run he had in their preseason game? First time he touched the ball. One of the most electric twelve-yard yep. runs you'll see. But I mean, he's just, he is that special of a player. I mean, the guy's got his own mustard for God's sakes. I mean, you've got to be special to have your own mustard, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's something I'm really interested in seeing. Like it's even when you've been recruiting as well as Texas has been recruiting, it's, it's really hard to replace a guy like that. I mean, it just is, man. So I'm with you. You're, you're saying Bijan's success should be a warning sign to Texas fans. That's right. That's okay. right. And like just think of it this way. I mean, it's it's usually way more pronounced in the NFL when a rookie is starting in the NFL like most teams end up playing really well because they slow down they take the, a lot of the decisions and the, the plays out of the quarterback's hands. They ask him to make like five or six plays a game on like big throws on third down. The rest of the time, 
conventional, slow-paced, conservative, rely on our defense, rely on field, uh, field position. It's the same thing last year with Ewers. You go back and you look at Ewers' numbers, especially as the season progressed, he threw the ball less and less and less, right? And they covered him up with Bijan Robinson and, and what all he could do and easy throws and, and stuff like that. They don't have that option anymore. I know they they probably think they do with a, you know, a big-time recruit that's come in, but they're going to open things up because it's Quinn Ewers' second year, and they're not going to have that to fall back on, and it's going to be a problem. All right. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard what the <laughs> man said. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first... John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. Family owned and operated. They've got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. Buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my one of the week, thought about going with DJ Uyunglele. Name the starter at Oregon State. Right, good for him. You know, didn't go the way he thought it was going to go at Clemson. Little change of scenery, right? Going and playing for Jonathan Smith up there, and we'll see what he can do. This is a team that won ten games a year ago, and we'll see what DJ can get done. See if he can take that offense to another level, right? They're going to lean on that running game, but yeah, it was. Uh, I was happy for him. Yeah, he. It's he's kind of the lost name in the great quarterback uh, year that the Pac-12 is going to have, right? And um, kind of a forgotten about transfer, but now that he's won that job, you look at all the names, it's incredible. It's going to be a fun year for the Pac-12. And yeah. Oregon State is a dangerous football team. Yeah. And they are a uh, – right now they are a, they're a team with no nation, man. They're mercenaries. I don't know if he he didn't know he was transferring to a Mountain West team. Yeah. So they they could be just all kinds of pissed off this season without things have gone down, but we'll we'll see. But my one of the week is actually another Pac-12 quarterback. I guess technically it'll be a Big 12 quarterback next year. But Jaden Rashada, name the starter there by Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State. And this is was some, this was something we talked about when all the drama went down with him at Florida. Just a reminder, 
He was the player. He signed a $13 million deal with Florida's collective. And then it all just ended up falling through. Was able to get released from his national letter of intent. Ended up going to Arizona State to play for Dillingham. And from what it sounds like, yeah, Drew Pine transferred from Notre Dame to Arizona State. He pulled a hammy a couple weeks ago. But it, it sounded like this was going to be Rashada's job anyways because they, they've been really, from everything I've read, they've been really, really impressed with his improvement throughout training camp. Guy just, I guess, just has an elite arm. But I, I'm glad he got there to Arizona State and didn't let, and I don't know if embarrassment is the right word, but didn't let the embarrassment of how things went down at Florida prevent him from doing his thing, right? And I, I just I want to see this guy succeed because he he's become the face of NIL gone wrong, right? And the fact that he was able to get there, able to win the job, and going to go out there and start as a true freshman uh, for a Pac-12 team, that's that's a hell of an accomplishment. And I was I, I was really glad to see this for him. Like the fact that he – you know, he worked through all the Florida stuff and was able to seemingly come out on the other side. He's going to be starting for the Sun Devils. Yeah, and you know, I'm 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 anxious to see what that offense looks like. People got to remember, Kenny Dillingham has been on a rocket ship um, up. You know, he was what at, at Florida State, then he took the Oregon offensive coordinator job there, and uh, they had a great year last year. Got a head coaching gig there at Arizona State near his hometown. Um, he's he's done some really good things. So I'm sure that offense is going to be really fun to watch. And again, man, it's just another guy. At the every, almost every single team in the Pac-12 has elite quarterback play. Yeah, or I the possibility this guy, of elite quarterback play. Yeah, this was a guy that was like what, like a top five, top six quarterback in that recruiting class. Yeah, like, he's a big time guy. Yep. Right. Um. There's also there's also a funny angle to this whole thing. There is there's the possibility now that he's been named a starter, there's the possibility for some true pain for Florida fans here. They're starting Graham Mertz. I don't think any of us have been blown away by Graham Mertz in his college career up to this point. And there's a scenario where Graham Mertz goes out and throws a couple interceptions in the opener and they lose to Utah. And then the following week, Rashada leads Arizona state to a win over Oklahoma state and Florida fans are sitting there going, Oh my God, why didn't we just give him the $13 million? There is that is it. Does it make me a bad person that that's how I kind of wanted to go down? No, no, it okay, doesn't. Good, because it's the entertainment factor, right? Yes, at exactly. least, at least, at least, Florida fans will have Sundays that won't be as upsetting. Oh wait, what if they see Anthony Richardson with the Colts lighting it up, who couldn't do very much at all at Florida? I mean, I honestly believe that. If he has a ton of success in the NFL, it is going to reflect very poorly on the Florida coaching staff. The same Fair. thing with Rashada. That just adds an, a new total, a different level to it. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. But Jaden Rashada, your starter 
for the Arizona State Sun Devils. All right, for my loser of the week, thought about going with the Baltimore Ravens. The streak is over. It's over. They finally lost the preseason game. Joey Sly hits a 49-yarder with a few seconds left to go, and the Washington Commanders snap a 24-game preseason win streak. Uh, Ravens fans would probably point out they didn't play any of their starters while the Commanders played their starters for like the entire first half. But yeah, man, one of the more peculiar streaks at all of sports ends at 24. It's crazy. That's a long time. That's a long time for the for the Ravens. But uh, the Commanders' offense looks looks fun. Yeah, you know, you, you could see see that creativity that you know we saw with Kansas City starting to come out a little bit. And I know it's preseason where they're running a lot of the the basic stuff, but um, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. Yeah, and maybe the. <laughs> The thing that kind of overshadowed that entire game. Did you see the clip of the commander's new owner, Josh Harrison, the booth with Buck and Aikman? I did. Oh, I did. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's like, it's like this innocent thing, but I almost can't bring myself to watch it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm like, no. Just so uncomfortable. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. He shook his hand. He wasn't going for the handshake. What are you doing? Oh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It is hilariously awkward. It's amazing. It's it's funny. I, I, feel, I feel for everyone in the entire situation. I feel for the owner. I feel for Joe Buck, who's like, how do I respond to this? I feel for Aikman, who's standing over the corner witnessing the whole thing. It's great. I loved Aikman in the clip. Like, he's trying to hold the laughter in. And, like, the younger, he's just like, what in the? Oh, Aikman is definitely the best part of that clip by far. Buck kind of just kept it moving, though, which was impressive. Right. The great thing is, like, this is the good thing and the bad thing about the internet is that like little innocent five second clip where they were on television. It's going to live on forever. Unfortunately for him, like that's, that's all anyone's going to think of anytime they see him. Yeah. But Hey, they won the game and celebrated, right? I, I had no problem with the celebration. All right, but my loser of the you week. You can show everyone the, the check he's going to cash at the end of the season for owning an NFL team. Yeah, it won't suck. He'll he'll take the awkward handshake. He'll take the mistake. <laughs> he's going to be just fine. All right, for my loser of the week, I'm going Swamp Kings, the Netflix documentary about the Florida Gators under Urban Meyer. Now, full disclosure, I was so fired up when it got announced, and I have not watched it yet. But the reviews that I have seen are not good. It sounds like everything that we wanted to be in there, right, when it comes to all the -the off-the-field issues that the players on that team had and even Urban Meyer had, it sounds like none of them get mentioned in this documentary. And I saw this tweet from Jim Weber. He said, things omitted from the doc. Any mention of Aaron Hernandez. Anything about the Pouncey twins, Cam Newton's stolen laptop, Percy Harvin attacking the wide receiver coach, Carlos Dunlap being arrested before the 2009 SEC championship game, 
Shelly Myers 911 call and Urban Meyer going to the hospital with chest pains. The entire 2010 season, including Urban Meyer versus reporter Jeremy Fowler at confrontation at practice and Chris Rainey threatening to kill his girlfriend. None of that. Like every story that we hoped they were going to dive into, none of them are going to be in this documentary. And I, I'm still going to watch it, right? Because, yeah, I just... It's a college football documentary. Of course, I'm going to watch it. But it sounds, just from everything I've heard, like it just paints Urban Meyer as an awesome and nice guy, and it's just a lot of Tebow. So uh, I was I was heartbroken seeing that none of the juicy stuff is going to be in there. I don't know why I expected. Well, I know why I expected, because the, the trailer hinted that we were going to get a lot of that stuff in it, and it turns out we're getting none of it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty wild. Like the, like some of the stories that uh, come out of that group is like the list there. And that list there doesn't even have, I know it says any mention of Aaron Hernandez. Like, is that, I, I guess that includes that the possible shooting. I don't, did the guy die that they thought Aaron Hernandez shot there on the outside of the bar? In Gainesville, I as far as I I don't remember if he died or not. As far as I remember, did he? I don't. Shot dude, in the that, face, wasn't he? Yeah, and I guess the only mention of that is like Tebow says, "Oh, the the bar fight thing, like that was that was my fault." And you, that's it. That's the only thing that's said in the entire documentary about it. Wow. Crazy. It's really disappointing, man. Like we were all so excited for this. Damn it! How isn't it amazing that Tib Tebow, possibly the like the best person ever, existed in that environment? Like, how did that work? I, I wish they would dive into that. Crazy! It's know? like. I know it's crazy, but I'm I'm still going to watch it, but I'm definitely my, maybe it's best that I saw the reviews before I went in, because I was thinking this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And now my expectations are significantly lower and maybe in a weird way, that'll make me enjoy it more. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think, I think there's, I mean, there's got to be something in there that's enjoyable. I haven't watched it either. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. All right. On that note, episode 347 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Sunday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
Just one.